You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 308, Why the Fuss Over the Resurrection? So I'm recording this less than two weeks away from Easter Sunday. And if you're a believer, a person of faith, a follower of Christ, a Christian, you understand that Easter is really the biggest day of the year for for those of us that follow Jesus. But why is this? Is the resurrection really, really that important? So what I'm going to do in this episode and the next episode, I'm going to kind of lay a a theological foundation for the resurrection, and then I'm going to actually talk about four of the, the, the arguments against the resurrection. And it's important that we'll be able to discuss this. So this is both theological and apologetic. So I hope you tune in, um, like I say, today and then next week as well. Uh, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. Now, I want to encourage you, if you've um, never really given it much thought, during this Easter season, get your Bible out and read 1 Corinthians 15, because Paul gives really the the best um, discussion of the resurrection found in the New Testament. He gives practical um, reasons for the for the resurrection. He also really gets into some of the spiritual and theological aspects. So first of all, why is the resurrection of Christ so important? I mean, is it really that big of a deal that Jesus rose from the dead? I mean, he was a good man. He came and preached a good message. He told us how to live. He talked about love. He died for what he believed in. That That's really all that matters, right? And those of us that are Christians understand that's, that's not really true, but that is something you hear all the time. The fact that, you know, really... Um, you know, Jesus died for what he believed in. He was misunderstood. He was a martyr, whatever. But is the, the, the fact that Jesus physically and bodily rose from the dead that essential or that important to our faith? And the answer is absolutely. As Paul said in the verse we just read, that if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ hasn't been raised either. And if he hasn't been raised, our preaching is useless and our faith is useless. So what does the resurrection mean? Well, when you read 1 Corinthians 15, what we find is Paul um, giving us several talking points. One of them is he says Jesus was, through the resurrection, the first fruits of the resurrection. In other words, he was the first to be resurrected 
but not the last by any means. Well, this is where we come in. Because of the resurrection, because of God raising Jesus from the dead after suffering the most brutal and horrible death imaginable, now we also have the promise of resurrection as well. Paul says later in 1 Corinthians 15, he says that because of this, he says, where, O death, is your sting? The, the, the sting of death is, is gone. Jesus has taken it away. And, and the fear of death is now gone. Um, I've been to three funerals in the last three months or so. Two, two people I worked with when I worked for the police department. Um, one was in, a guy was in his 50s, died of cancer. Uh, last week I went to a funeral. A guy was in his 40s, a friend of mine who, who, who was in his 40s, died of cancer. And then uh, actually yesterday I went to a funeral for my, for my aunt who was in her 90s. And, you know, you always hear the pastors talking about, you know, they're in a better place and, um, you know, they're in heaven now. And, and, and it's great. And I get it. You're wanting to comfort the family. But are these just words we use at a funeral or do they really mean something? Do they really mean something? The resurrection is what Christians have held on to as their hope for 2,000 years, knowing that because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have the same hope, the the same faith that when we die, uh, we go straight into His presence. But it's not just that. The promise of Scripture, and Paul talks about this in 1 Thessalonians, the fact that when Jesus returns, our bodies will be resurrected and glorified and we'll have the same type of spiritual body that Jesus had, the type of body that could show up and have a meal with his disciples and then just disappear. Um, It's fascinating. I mean, we get these incredible little snapshots in the New Testament, but there's not a whole lot of explanation. We just kind of see what, what Jesus did with this glorified body. So is the resurrection important? Absolutely. Without the resurrection, without the physical, bodily resurrection of Jesus, Christianity doesn't exist. It collapses like a house of cards. Now, periodically, especially before uh, COVID really kind of kicked in, um, you know, I would have Jehovah's Witnesses come to my house all the time. I don't know why. I think they used used me as a as kind of a testing ground for new Jehovah's Witnesses because they were always wanting to come by. And I was never mean. I just I just enjoyed talking to them and, and, and discussing things with them. We would never argue, but we would have some great discussions. And one of the things that I always went back to because it's so important is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. They Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe that Jesus was physically and bodily raised from the dead. They believe he had some kind of spiritual resurrection. And that's fascinating. That's just not what the Bible teaches. Um, and so, so it's, a, it's, it's a great uh, discussion point. And, and typically when, when I talk to folks um, of other religions, that's what I go back to. Um, you know, do you believe the Bible is true? Well, yeah. Um, you know, I figure if the guy who predicted his death and, and, and resurrection, you know, pulled it off, um, why am I not going to believe everything else he said? So the resurrection actually adds uh, an exclamation point to what Jesus did and taught. Um, without the resurrection, Jesus is just another dead Messiah. I mean, yeah, he taught some great things. Um, we can learn a lot from his teaching. But 
if he wasn't raised from the dead, everything else crumbles in, in the light of that. Now I want to um, jump into a few of the arguments against the resurrection. And this is stuff that if you um, are in a, in a, in a world's religion, world religions class on a college campus, these might be some of the arguments that the uh, professor throws at you. Um, these are arguments that have been around for a long time. In fact, this first one, in, in, uh, uh, it's, it's the disciples stole the body of Jesus. This is the first argument against the resurrection that we're going to talk about. The disciples stole the body of Jesus. And this one actually has been around since the time of the resurrection itself. Since that Easter morning, um, it says in Matthew that while the women were on their way to the tomb, and the context is women were, um, after Jesus had died, um, they were actually on the, the way to, uh, to, to embalm the body, to put some, maybe not embalm, but to put spices and wrap the body and make sure it was prepared for burial. Um, but it, it had been the Sabbath, and so that, that Jesus was crucified on Friday, and now on Sunday morning they're coming to the tomb to take care of the body. And it says while they were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that happened. And when the chief priest had met uh, with the elders, they devised a plan. They gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you're to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this report gets to the governor, we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. And that was in Matthew chapter 28. Now, there... This is, this is actually um, almost comical when you think of the context of this argument. The fact that Jesus' disciples could somehow uh, get to the tomb, uh, force the stone, this heavy, heavy stone open that had been sealed, um, get inside, grab this, the, the dead body of Jesus, and carry it away without waking the guards up. Or even more comical is this idea that possibly the, the disciples of Jesus could even overpower these, these Roman guards. You know, when you see the disciples of Jesus on the night before the crucifixion, uh, these aren't a group of tough guys. This is not a motorcycle gang. These were these are some men who were scared to death. In fact, when Jesus was arrested, they all ran away. They all ran and hid. Um, even even during the resurrection, when Jesus was first started appearing to him, there was this fear of, of being arrested. So, so they don't give you the uh, the idea of uh, of men who would um, be able to overpower some guards. So, so very very interesting um, uh, argument, but it it really doesn't hold any water. Um, you know, and then uh, a little snippet from my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. Um, the logistics alone make this di a difficult argument to believe. Um, you know, the idea of the disciples stealing the body really doesn't make any sense because they didn't expect him to rise from the dead. Whenever Jesus talked about um, the resurrection of the dead, they, they didn't believe. In fact, Peter tried to rebuke him. Peter tried to pull him aside and say, what are you talking about dying and resurrecting? And, and Jesus had to, you know, put Peter in his place. So, so the idea of the disciples doing it, first of all, logistically, it's very difficult. But then 
from a philosophical point of view, why would they do it? They didn't believe he was going to rise from the dead. So what is it going to accomplish? Um, but a second reason why this is very, very difficult to believe, other than just the logistics, is the fact that all of the disciples, all of the disciples, with the exception, of course, of Judas, who hanged himself, and possibly the apostle John, the other ten uh, all vet, met very violent and nasty deaths for their faith. Um, they were put to death by the Roman government for their faith. So the idea of Jesus' disciples somehow sneaking past the guards, breaking into the tomb, stealing the body, and and then, you know, hiding the body and then saying, you know, that he's risen from the dead and willing to, to die for that lie really just doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, it's one thing if, if you're going to try and pull a hoax. Um, it's another thing when you start dying for that hoax. You know, are you willing to take that lie and, 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 and be nailed to a cross because of it? Or do you say, oh, hey, listen, guys, <laughs> just kidding. Let me show you where the body's really at and, and dispelling the hoax then. So, so it just doesn't really hold any water. Um, you know, creating a false story about Jesus being raised from the dead might have increased the number of early Christians for a little while. Um, and it would truly be the greatest lie, the greatest hoax in history. But once they start putting you to death, no, nah, it's just not going to hold any water, water at all. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I, I mentioned my book, Reflections on the Resurrection, just a second ago. Um, that is the resource highlight for this episode of Leading and Learning. Reflections on the Resurrection uh, really takes an in-depth uh, look at the resurrection from a theological point of view. Um, it's educational. Uh, it's definitely apologetic because we deal with some of the same material that we're dealing with here, just maybe a little more in-depth. And it's also devotional because we talk about um, what it means for my faith. What does the resurrection mean for my faith? The fact that Jesus is alive. So Reflections on the Resurrection is, is a fantastic resource that I hope you'll avail yourself of, uh, especially here at Easter because this is um, the time when... And really, we should be thinking about the resurrection year-round because it means so much to our faith. But especially at this time of the year, let's take a look. Let's see what it means um, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead so that one day I'll be able to rise from the dead as well. Well, all right. We've talked about kind of a little bit of a theological background for why, <clears throat> excuse me, the resurrection is important. We talked about one of the first arguments against the resurrection is the disciples stealing his body and why that's just silly. The, uh, the next one that I want to look at today is this idea and this is actually called the swoon theory. This was uh, created years ago, um, and the the swoon theory is the idea that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. The fact that um, you know the Romans were really, 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 really good at putting people to death. Well, Jesus was tough, and somehow he managed to survive the crucifixion. And then when he gets into the, the cool tomb, um, he revived, 
got to feeling pretty good, was able to free himself from the grave clothes, and then let himself out and rejoined his followers. And when he rejoined his followers, the disciples just assumed, I mean, they knew that he'd been dead, so they assumed that he was raised from the dead. So this is, uh, this is, this is really good stuff. This, again, when you start really looking at the, this idea of the swoon theory, really breaks down. First of all, as we said, the Romans were really good at killing people. They were experts. And when you look at what Jesus went through, um, first of all, physically, the fact that he was he he was scourged, he was he was beaten, uh, probably within an inch of his life, just by the scourging. In fact, it wasn't uncommon for people to die during the scourging, before they were even crucified. And and so Jesus had endured the scourging. Um, he he had the nails driven into his 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 hands, his wrist, his his feet. Um, he was hung from the cross, um, and essentially the, the reason people died from the from crucifixion was asphyx, asphyxiation. You had trouble breathing. Eventually, you couldn't get enough oxygen, and you died. So, so Jesus was was dealing with that, and then also John tells us that uh, to make sure he was dead, a, a soldier rammed a spear into his side between his ribs, and so. There's no reason to believe that Jesus somehow was able to, 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 to survive the, the crucifixion. Um, the, the Romans were really good at it. Um, nobody survived the, the, the crucifixion. It was, you know, they, they were going to make sure you were dead. In fact, that's kind of what they did because they broke the, the, the legs of the other two uh, men who were crucified with Jesus to speed up their death. And then because Jesus was already dead, they rammed a, a spear into his side. So, and then a second reason why the swoon theory is not credible is is really just this, the amount of physical punishment that, that he suffered. We mentioned that. Um, and if you've ever seen the movie, the, the Passion of the Christ, it really goes into a lot of detail on the scourging and you kind of get an idea. Um, but also the fact, the emotional um, weight that Jesus was under, not only physically what he endured, but as the the perfect uh, Lamb of God, if you will. And, and and what did Jesus say? He said, "The Son of Man um, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many." And and theologically, we we believe that Jesus bore the sins of the world as the Lamb of God, the perfect Lamb of God, and so the. The crushing weight of that would have also um, really taken so much, so much out of him, and so just terribly, terribly brutal. Um, and then, you know, as we said, the physical punishment. But then a third reason why the swoon theory, swoon theory doesn't hold up is is the fact that two men who who respected Jesus immensely. Um, these men were evidently secret disciples of Jesus, um, and Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, and you know this idea that these these two men who loved Jesus, uh, who had followed Jesus at least from a distance, were very sympathetic towards his teaching. They were the ones who took him off the cross, wrapped him up in in in, in the burial uh, clothes. And then put him in the tomb. Now, these two men, 
would have found, if there was any signs of life in Jesus, they would have found it. Um, they took him off the cross. They put him in the tomb. If, 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 if somehow, and if somehow they did, if somehow they missed Jesus' weak uh, pulse or shallow breathing, um, the preparation for burial itself would have killed him because he was covered in 75 pounds of spices and then wrapped in a burial sheet. Um, he would have smothered to death inside of that if somehow Jesus was still alive. And then this is the, 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 the last reason why I think the swoon theory is just silly is, you know, we're supposed to believe that somehow inside the tomb, Jesus revives He's got the strength to free himself from the grave clothes and then roll the stone out of the way and make his escape from the Roman guard. Man, these were some bad soldiers. I don't know where, uh, where, where they found these guys, but these guys are terrible. And, you know, when you look at the damage that Jesus took physically, as we said, the scourging, many people died from the scourging. Uh, the damage to his, his arms and legs, his feet, uh, was tremendous. I can't see Jesus even being able to walk on the, the, the damaged feet after having the spike driven through them. So the idea of him being able to, to somehow get away and run away, um, and he had also taken a Roman spear in the side. So I'm not sure quite how Jesus is going to have the strength to push the stone away and get away from the Roman guards. It just doesn't make sense. Now, I'm going to stop here just because of time, but we'll pick back up next week and we'll look at a couple of more arguments against the resurrection. I think you'll find it fascinating. I think it'll give you some, some things that you might can use if you're ever talking to someone who, who, who may not believe in the resurrection or believe that it's important. And, uh, you know, I think it will really help you uh, because as Christians, you know, we're called to not argue for our faith, but at least be able to, to give a good uh, explanation of our faith. And what I find is too many Christians are afraid to engage in these kind of conversations. And, and you know, I've, I've found over the years, I don't have to have all the answers. Just knowing a few things to talk about, knowing a few scriptures, goes a long way in having discussions with people. And, you know, just using the Jehovah's Witnesses for an example. Um, you know, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. And, and, and why in the world would I want to turn them away if I've got a few minutes and can maybe get them thinking about something a little bit differently? So, so I think it's important um, to be able to talk about our faith and explain our faith in a, in a real manner, in a, in, a, in a true way. And so that's what we're going to be doing um, next week when we come to part two. Uh, make sure you go to davidspell.com and, uh, and check out all my other episodes and my blog and my website. Uh, while you're there, make sure you put in your uh, email address so you can get my, my blog every week, get the podcast delivered right to you. And until next time, this is David Spell. Looking forward to seeing you again on Leading and Learning. Mm-hmm.